Ooh, the sound off. Please don't be loud. Good morning, Vinay. Good morning, good morning. Let me get some tabs open here. One. This morning, it's Saturday, you guys. I don't know if anybody's looking at the moon. Tomorrow is going to be the full moon. March 27th, 2021. I always like to acknowledge myself on what the full moons are because what they were named and categorized as came from the days uh, before electronics um, when they were re relying on the sun and the moon and the stars to really, to really show them the change in the seasons. Um, full moon in March, full moon, it is. It's the full moon of Libra. <laughs> I should have known. Because I'm a Libra. And I remember back in 2019 when I first really started studying the full moon, I wanted to meditate underneath this full moon because it fell within my astrological sign. Um, so I was going to meditate outside. Not even kidding. Um, it didn't happen because it was too cold and I didn't want to look like a crazy fool, but I thought about it. I really thought about it. Um, so this one would be the Libra. I don't know. Okay. You might have a strong need for balance and harmony right now. Harmony. You probably desire to keep things nice rather than venturing into fundamental questions in order not to disturb the peace. You must learn to share your good and bad feelings. Don't be afraid of who you really are despite what is expected of you. The organs influenced by this moon, the kidney the urinary bladder, the veins, skin, 
pancreas, insulin. There's another one I can't. These are more sensitive and need extra care. Not surprising because suddenly I'm doing all this stuff to my face. Like, so my skin started to peel and you'll see it's still a little red. So it's still healing. It'll probably be really healed by Monday. So what it does with a chemical peel is it burns that top layer of really, it's just old skin. It burns that top layer of skin. So you end up with like a layer. Imagine a cocoon. Now my skin went into a cocoon where it was this layer of dead, dried, burnt skin. And then it started really peeling. So I was washing my face last night and I just started scrubbing not very aggressively, but I started massaging that dead skin off my face. So it exposed the new um, fresh skin, the newer skin. Um, and I just need to take care of it and make sure to, you know, not be touching my face too much like I am right now, but my hands are clean. Um, but I have a I have a huge need to get this done. And then after this, I am gonna do microneedling. Why? Because my friend brought the stuff over and I'm just crazy like that apparently. Um, but I'll share that with you. Uh, I want to know what is the Libra full moon mean? I believe it's also known as the pink moon. No. Because... Did we have two full moons? There's no way we had two full moons. No way. No, we would have had the last one in February. I'm just looking generally at what it means. And there's a lot of different explanations. And some of it I look at and I go, yeah, it's too far out there. I mean, because the moon really is a simple thing. Um, and back in the day of the natives and just simpler times before electronics, it wasn't all this far out stuff. It was just, it represented a certain time of the year um, they knew to celebrate certain things because of it. Um, God used it to help guide people back then. So they named the moon according to the way God was guiding them and showing them things in the world. Hmm. The time represents the fiery spark of new life on March 28th. We will experience the full moon of this new astro astrological cycle in relationship slash oriented sign Libra opposite of Aries, also known as the full worm moon. I swear that's what I said the last moon was. 
FBI was wrong. This linear event empowers us to understand our individual needs in relation to the desires of others. A full moon occurs <clears throat> when the moon is opposite and reflects off the light of the sun. And there's self-care tips and all kinds of stuff. But truly just follow your heart. That's what I do. So today, you guys, is Saturday. Tomorrow is Palm Sunday. So there's a couple of things we are going to discuss today. I, I'm i in... I want to look where that is. I got to actually write it down. I'm going to look up where that's at. Thank you, Benet. Let's see... Oh, you're a, you're a Gemini as far as astrological sign. Let's see. An extrovert person, a scholar, a travel freak, gets bored very easy, problem solver, uh, loves to be in the present moment, good communicator. Hmm. Very cool. I like to look up stuff like that. Ooh, why did that not? Why do I have so many tabs open? So one, two, we're going to shut some of this down. I got a lot of stuff open, you guys. So we're going to talk about, and I cut my hair. <laughs> I asked my daughter, we don't go to salons here. My face is still kind of red. Um, we don't go to the salon in my home. It's too expensive. I would never pay anybody to do something I can do. So um, about a month ago, my daughter asked me to cut her hair. And she had grown her hair quite long. Uh, I almost fell to the floor when she asked me how short she wanted it. So yesterday I came home. And I've been in a debate all day with God. I was like, I don't, I don't know if I'm ready to cut my hair. I've been growing that out for a very, very long time, like two years longer than that. I've been trying to grow it out, but really putting the effort forward. So it was extremely long. And then I was like, why? Why not just try it? So she cut my hair and I woke up like, I wonder if I'm going to be happy. And I'm happy with it. I like it. It's less care. I'll use less product. Um, I like it. I like, it just feels lighter. It feels fun. So we'll see how the summer goes. We're going to talk about abortion numbers. I told you I would do it. And Palm Sunday. We'll end with Palm Sunday. We have to talk about abortion. It's, the numbers are really disgustingly high. Um, and I'm actually, I found some great stuff and I'm just going to get right into it. And I will share all these reports in the link. Um, and the first one I'm going to read from. Uh, 
The first one I'm going to read from comes from, it's called KFF. I've never heard of this website. Um, the time frame is from 2018. Uh, it's reported legal abortions by race of women who obtained abortions by the state of occurrence. So it's reporting by race, by state, but it gives a whole over the United States, right? This is just in the United States. United States has the highest abortion rate, the highest significantly. So in 2018, and it, um, and actually in 2018, the CDC, which is the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, this is a government, um, branch of, um, disease control. Okay. It's a special branch in the government. Uh, I was really wishy-washy about how biased they were, um, with their stuff. Cause I read a lot of their stuff on ADHD. This is how I came across their website. I read some of their things about ADHD and they were very medicated motivated. Um, so I didn't agree with all their tactics in how to deal with ADHD. Um, that being said, it still is based on facts and it's still based on, you know, evidence. They do research. So it is a, a, a reliable source to go by. So this is also um, theirs, which is abortion surveillance in 2018. And I chose 2018 because it was the one that came up and I just wanted to keep everything in 2018. Um, 2018 was also the one we got the homicide, uh, chart as well. So let me share that link. Um, so we'll start with the numbers. So we know what we're looking at in abortion. Um, in 2018, each year CDC requests abortion data from several health agencies for 50 states. Uh, the District of Columbia, New York City. For 2018-49 reporting, reporting areas voluntarily provided a graded abortion data to CDC. Now, in the other one I'm going to look at in their chart where it breaks it down by state, I noticed the state that I lived in, North Dakota, had an, uh, w did not register the abortions they had in 2018. And we do have abortion clinics. I know this. I know at least one person that has went there. Um, and I know that there has been a lot more. Um, so why they didn't report, I don't know. Maybe they were embarrassed that the people of North Dakota would be like, we need to get rid of this abortion clinic. I don't know. Um, but I was curious why I want to know the numbers. Like, how do I get those numbers? If I called the abortion clinic, would they give me those numbers? I don't know. I, I didn't think that far to actually call them. So um, the numbers, let's see, a result a total of 619,591 abortions for 2018 were reported to D or CDC um 600 let me show you the number you guys let's, let's get the number up here okay 
That is the number of abortions that were done in 2018. Now I'm going to tell you there's another website that I found where it went back in numbers, okay? And this is what gives me hope that things are going to change. This is another website with statistics. So before we even get in the very first one that I wanted to get into, um, let's go to YouTube. A lot of sharing. Sharing is caring. Um, this is from abort73.com. I don't know how reliable this is, um, but it does go back, okay? In 1996, 96, there were this many abortions. Uh, this didn't work out like I wanted to. Do this. Let's go six one nine five nine one. Okay. Um, that's in two thousand eighteen. And this is what's giving me hope, you guys. I have to state that we have dropped in abortions. This is what it was in 1996. Okay. Um, it doesn't give for 2018. Um, it gives up to 2017, and 2017 was 200 thousand more than um okay so here are the numbers this is the one that came from cdc and that's why i trust that number a little bit more um but this from 1996 that is a million over a million abortions were done in 1996. I was still in high school, okay? Most of these in the age category, by the way, are from 20 to 30-year-olds. 30 30-year-old 30 women. That is, the, that is the biggest chunk of women getting abortions. It's not teenagers in high school. It's not older women. This is the category of women getting these abortions, okay? Um, in 2018, in the United States, okay, 39% of this number was white women. 34% was black women. What's the other category? Other, 20% uh, was Hispanic and other was 8%. I really had to sit and think about this because I've heard mixed signals about, you know, black um, women, black African women are the highest number of abortions going on. But the government website is telling me different. 
white women in 2018 had the highest number of abortions at 39%, um, not much above the black women, but still a significant amount. So I wanted to know what was the reason for most of these women getting an abortion. And this was the last website I shared. And this gives the reason and the percentage, you guys. Um, 25% of women getting the abortion. Actually, let me, let me first tell you, women who are having an abortion from rape, 0.5, less than 0.5% of women are having an abortion from rape. Not even kidding. It's so small, it's less than 0.5%. It barely makes the radar of the reason for abortion. That should be the only reason for abortion or for fatal health problems, which is uh, 3%. Okay? Um, physical health problems, 4%. 4% because it would interfere with education or career. And I'm not even kidding. This is a, this is a graph, you guys. 7% not mature enough to raise a child. This is the actual reason. The people are putting this down for a reason. 8% um, don't want to be a single mother. 19% done with having children. This one, that was, was like, wait a second, if you're done having children, why didn't you get your tubes tied? Because here's the thing, having your tubes tied or burned, I don't know the exact um, word for this procedure, but it costs around two grand, okay? Um, and if you are broke enough, if you're poor, um, Medicaid, which is a state government insurance, pays for it. Facts. Um, so if you're broke enough, you can get it paid for. Um, done having children. Then why didn't you take care of it the right way? I was like, 23% of women having abortions are doing it because they can't afford a baby. And here's the other one, you guys, the very last one, the highest percent. 25% of women having abortions are doing it because they are not ready for a child. Twenty-five percent of these women, twenty-three percent, because they can't afford it and they're not ready. Mind blown. It should be. My mind is blown. You can't afford a child and you're not ready. That makes up 47% of women having abortions are doing it. Almost half of the women having abortions are doing it because they can't afford the baby and they're not ready for a child. These are not only... 7.5% of women having abortions are doing it because they are either unhealthy or it was a rape case. That's not even 10%. doesn't even touch the 47% that are doing it because they can't afford it and they're not ready. 
then why were you out there spreading your legs? I'm going to say it bluntly because we need to say it the way it is instead of sugarcoating it for everyone who's out there. Oh, you're going to hurt their feelings by saying it that way. Well, you know what? They're obviously mature enough to go out there having unprotected sex. And now you have to go, where did these children learn that it was okay to take a life because they're being irresponsible with theirs? Where did they learn that that was okay? I know my children, the way I'm raising them, they would never, ever, ever do something like that. Ever. I know my daughter wouldn't. Even if she got pregnant, so say it was an accident. You know, my daughter's 14 or my oldest son, he's 16. I've thought about this. What if they had a child real young? What would I do? You know what? We would handle it the appropriate way. We would bring a child into this world and love it unconditionally. I know because of the way I'm teaching my children the correct way and the way I'm being loving. So why are we in a world where children are becoming so entitled? And this is in the United States, you guys. These numbers are disgusting. And we make it okay. Mainly, when you start thinking about the government, you have the two parties, the Republicans and the Democrats. The Democrats believe in pro-choice. They are giving the women the authority to take a life out of them. And women are going around in this world. I've watched a lot of people get interviewed and they go, "It's a, who cares? Who cares? If they're not ready, they shouldn't have to be. It's their choice. No, it actually isn't. It's not your right to take that life because it's not your life. If you want to take your life, then you go do that on a separate occasion. You can do that. But when you start taking the life within you, you've now created a soul debt with God. Deep down, you now owe this debt to God. You took the life he gifted you. It's one of the Ten Commandments. It is murder. And how do people justify it? I'm not ready for a child. Can't afford a baby done having children, don't want to be a single mother, not mature enough to raise a child. It would interfere with education or career. Well, I'm sorry that your lack of self-awareness of protected sex uh, interferes with your life now. And you have the authority to take advantage of a weaker being and take its life because you can. Why? Because the government allows it. The government allows murder openly. And this is why you have, like the story I, I told you about. I'm going to find it.
Here's the story, you guys. I wanted to read this last time, and I, sh I should have searched it last time. 16-year-old boy, Albany boy, told police on Sunday he abandoned his newborn infant daughter just born to his girlfriend at her home in a wooded area, leaving her to die expo exposure in the cold. But according to criminal complaint Tuesday, when the police found the infant on Sunday, they discovered she had been shot twice in the head. The infant girl was born January 5th in a bathtub at her mother's home in Albany, um, located northeastern green country about 15 miles from monroe the complaint states the father of the father of the girl who gave birth called the police about 1 30 a.m saturday to report the father of the infant had taken her and she had not been seen This person told the police he had given, oh, the boy, the 16-year-old boy, told the police he had given the baby to his friend Tyler on January 5th. They had given Tyler $60 to take the baby to an adoption agency in Madison. He would not tell the police the last name of this friend. On Sunday, the agents uh, started investigating, um... Um, and they were talking about the birth. There was a lot of in-between here. He went to his girlfriend's home after she had the baby. She showed him the infant girl whom she had named Harper. They decided, however, they should not keep the girl and needed to do something to not have a child in their life. They talked about several options such as dropping the baby off at the local fire department or taking it to the adoption place. They decided then that this boy would get rid of the infant simply by dropping her somewhere. He put the baby in a backpack and walked to his mother's home where he put the girl in a larger backpack and left. He could hear the baby crying at that point. He walked to a remote wooded area in Albany and he told investigators he told investigators and placed the girl in a small snow-covered area inside of a fallen tree. He said the girl who was naked began to cry. He covered the girl's body with snow and walked away. He said he could still hear her crying as he walked away, which caused him to break down emotionally, fall to his knees and cry. I bet it did. It broke you down so bad you couldn't turn around and get this baby. He said he knew leaving the girl there would likely cause her to die. No kidding. You don't think. You don't think putting a little baby in a tree trunk in the middle of winter, January 5th is cold, it's bitter cold during January, and covering the baby with snow, it's going to live? I mean, we are human. They later investigated and saw the gunshot wounds, and this boy later admitted he put the baby in a snowy area in the tree and shot her twice in the head. That's the story, you guys. Where are these kids learning that? Good morning, Julia. We're talking about abortion and Palm Sunday. We're coming up with Palm Sunday. We're finishing up with the abortion. You guys, our youth is growing up with poor parenting. And I can't stress this enough because we have a lacking of parenting. We do. We do. There's just... Where did this, where did these children think it was okay 
to operate from fear and, and take a life like this. And we've made it legal within America to go and have abortions um, and to think it's okay to take a life that is separate from ours. Um, it is a separate, separate life. And this is going on all the time. It's not just these teenagers, it's, it's everywhere. Um, because we make it okay. We do, we make it okay. We make it okay to take a life. So these teenagers justify it by probably the same way other people justify abortion. It's just a newborn baby. It doesn't matter. It's not me. So those are some facts on abortion, you guys. Hopefully, eventually these numbers come down because it has been coming down. That's a significant drop from 1996. I mean, this is more than 10 years. We've got 12 years going on here. In 12 years, it has dropped significantly. So I hope and pray that people start recognizing that this should be wrong. It would be wrong for a man to walk up and kill a child, and that is no different. So now, and I wanted to end on a good note. I want to talk about Palm Sunday, you guys. Palm Sunday. I love Palm Sunday. I love it for the significance. see here okay Palm Sunday also also called Passion Sunday in the Christian tradition, the first day of the Holy Week and the Sunday before Easter. So you guys, next Sunday is Sunday. So this week is the Holy Week. Um, when it was created, they didn't know it would be a Holy Week yet. Um, this wasn't the website I found yesterday. Okay, the celebration commemorates Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem. This was a week before, you know, his crucifixion. Um, mentioned in each four of the Gospels, uh, Jesus entered the city knowing he would be tried and crucified and welcomed his fate to rise from the grave and save us from sin. Palm Sunday marks the beginning of Holy Week. And at the time, they didn't know it would be Holy Week. But this is when... He entered into the city of Jerusalem, and for a week, he was preparing. He was preparing for his death that would give us life. Um, in many churches, Palm Sunday is observed by a blessing and a sharing of palm branches. Um, the meaning of the palm branches, there was something about that. Okay. And which one? Matthew 21, 1 through 11. I want to read it directly. 
um, from my Bible. I don't like reading off the computer. Makes my eyes wonky. 1 through 11. Okay. Um, the palm branch is a symbol of victory, triumph, peace, and eternal life. Originating in the ancient Near East and Mediterranean world. The palm has meaning in Christianity as well. So when they, when Jesus was walking in or riding in on a donkey, which was prophesied way back in the Old Testament, that the, the prophet or the Messiah would ride in humbly on a donkey. Um, and when this happened, people just were so elated. So we're going to actually read the story. And you guys... For any of you who have been following, you know we've been through Matthew, but I do want to read it again. So it's 1 through 11. It says, Now when they drew near Jerusalem and came to Beth, Beth, Beth at Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village opposite you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Loosen them and bring them to me. Um... Oh, thank you, Julia. Any group with God in it is a beautiful group. It doesn't matter. Uh, I, I love God, so God makes everything beautiful. And the reason God or Jesus was able to say and know that there was a donkey somewhere is I'm sure God directed him that there would be a donkey there. I mean, he's in communication with God. God's like, go send him to get the donkey and it will be there. And Jesus did. And if anyone says anything to you, you shall say, The Lord has needed them, and immediately he will send them. All of this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, lowly and sitting on a donkey, a colt, a foal of a donkey. Now, the reason that he rode on a donkey, because it was symbolized when you rode in on a donkey, you were coming in peace. You were coming humbly. You weren't coming up in arms with aggression because a donkey was a very, it was a meek, mild, mannered animal that was slow at pace. So anybody who rode in on a donkey was just there to bring peace and joy. So the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them. They brought the donkey and the colt and laid their clothes on them and sent him on them. And a very great multitude spread their clothes on the road. Others cut down branches from the trees and spread them on the road. And the multitudes that went out before and those who followed cried out saying, Hosanna, the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna, the highest um, son of David, uh, because he was a descendant of David from the Psalms the one who ended up being in prison and having to be turned around by God. Um, biblical meaning of Hosanna. I wanted to give you guys that because I was reading it last night. Um, the word Hosanna, meaning save, rescue, savior. So they called him the savior, the rescuer. They had seen many great things by now. And he went, and when he come into Jerusalem, the city was moved, saying, 
who is this? So the multitude say, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth of Galilee. Then Jesus went into the temple of God and drove out all those who bought and sold in the temple and overturned the tables of money changers and the seats of those who sold doves. And he said to them, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. And the blind and the lame came to him in the temple and he healed them. But when the chief priests and scribes saw the wonderful things that he did, the children crying out in the temple saying, Hosanna, the son of David, they were indignant. And he said to him, do you hear what these are saying? And Jesus said to them, yes. Have you never read out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants? You have perfected praise. And then he left the town. So you guys... He knew. Jesus knew. He had proclaimed it quite before in Matthew. And I wonder if I, he had told the disciples, I'm going to, I may not have, that was six, seven. Maybe I didn't mark it. I thought I did. Where's he want? You guys, he knew writing in. Jesus knew writing in. This was the last week. It's probably what really made it easier for him to overturn those tables. He knew that the very people that were putting down those palm branches, that were sitting there looking at him like he was their savior. Because see, here's the thing about then. They thought he was going to be a savior, this great king. In their flesh mind, which many of us kind of go by, we think of earthly view of a king, somebody high sitting in a castle. You know, they were thinking this great king that would, you know, have riches and probably be this grand thing. But truly what was going down was greater than what the human flesh mind could understand. They thought he was going to be this king that ruled the world. But truly in the spiritual world, he was the king that came to serve and he gave his life so that we could have this beautiful relationship with God now singularly. We didn't have to go to a temple. You don't have to go to a temple anymore. Back then they used to say you had to go to a temple. You don't have to do that anymore. We have God in our very own home, wherever we want our own God to each one of us, according to each one. God is according to my special needs. He's according to you. But the people, they didn't understand this back then. They were expecting something that the flesh mind would expect. But what God had was greater, as it always is. And that's why now they celebrate this as the Holy Week. You really give thanks. You really think about it. Just think about what God has done for us. He's made it. We've grown. And as I look at the abortion numbers and I think about all these things, there's a lot of things going on in the world that are really bad. They they do need to be addressed. They need to be talked about. But they are getting better. Our world is getting better. We're growing in God. Greater than we ever were before. And we're uniting and embracing each other's weakness. A weakness. Wow uniqueness you guys I have learned in my life that everybody is different and they're allowed to worship God in their own unique ways 
um, and to be who they need to be. So you guys, let's get into the verse of the day. It would be... I don't even remember. It's Psalm... Psalm... Psalm something. 3124. God's had me in Psalm a lot. Okie dokie. 3124. He was the one who convinced me to cut my hair yesterday. <laughs> I would have never done it. Um, 24. Let's see. Psalm 31 verse 24. Be of good courage and he shall strengthen your heart. All you who hope in the Lord. I'm going to give personal testimony of this week, you guys. Um, there's been a lot of stuff going on internally and externally. Um, and what God will often do for me is he will trigger me. He will put systems in place. And believe it or not, this is how he helps us grow. God puts systems in place to flip the switch of me getting triggered to start service service surfacing deep-seated fear and insecurities which are reflected out into the world as anger resentment pain and suffering okay all those anxiety emotions okay and i still i still deal with those on occasion so one thing is my work irritated me. Why? Because we've lost a couple of people. So I had to work more. It took longer. Um, so I had a little bit more pressure at work to get more work done, um, which again surfaced fear and insecurity like I wasn't doing enough. And I had to face it right then and I realized I am doing my very best. So I faced that right then and there. And then another day... I replaced a battery in my phone, right? Did it all by myself, didn't watching a tutorial and I got it done. Well, guess what? When I got it done, my home button doesn't work anymore. Now I have to open it by talking to my phone. Um, and that happens. Then I started YouTubing it. And they're like, yeah, it happens when you take apart your phone and it's a refurbished phone. You just replace the home button. So now, at first I was really mad. I was like, I can't believe this. I went through all this work to open my phone and the home button breaks. But guess what? It's so easy to fix. So I got over that. I was really, technology, electronics really get to me. You guys, technical difficulties get to me. And God knew that this would get to me. Um, but I dealt with it. I actually dealt with it right then and there. And I sat, you know what? There's nothing I can do about it now. I know what I'm coming to terms is everything's for a reason. I go, God, obviously you're teaching me something. Okay, you know what? Done, over it. We'll keep moving forward. And it was just thing after thing. And it was constant. My day was so cram-packed until about 8 o'clock that I've been so exhausted um, I just haven't had space. It's like God is just pushing me to my limits. Um, and I just feel the pressure. I feel God pressure, pressuring me in a good way, you guys, to, you know, do as much as you can because I believe you can. And yesterday, what was it? I was like, I've, I've had enough, God. This is what I said. I've had enough. And he goes, no, you haven't. You have not had enough. You can do more. And I was like, you're right. I can do more. And I've just felt this immense pressure. So I just kept going. And I realized that 
This is God asking me to be courageous in what he's bringing me through, which is causing a lot of irritation. But what it's really doing, you guys, deep underneath the surface, all of this inner, this irritation is bringing up. If I'm being courageous and I'm really seeing it with open eyes, God is surfacing these fears and insecurities and I'm able to go, okay, now I understand why I really react this way. And suddenly I'm not scared anymore. I'm not scared that something's going to go wrong. I'm not scared that this can break. I'm not scared that I'm not going to get something done. I'm not scared that things aren't going to happen because God is making a way. I just need to let go and just trust that even when I do break something like my phone, God had a reason for that and he's going to bring me out of it. So be of good courage and he shall strengthen your heart. All you who hope in the Lord... When you are courageous and you just go like this and you realize God has a purpose for everything. You have a reason for bringing me through this. And I may not understand it right now. But I believe that is going to build me. When I get really upset and really frustrated, that's the first thought I turn to. And it instantly does something within my soul. I feel my heart get this big, you guys. That's what I feel in my soul. I feel it grow and it starts to beat. And I feel strong and I know that's the Holy Spirit pouring into me. And I know that I'm on the right path. So when we start, how do I say it? When you triggered in a way or you go through things like that if you start training yourself to go God has a reason for everything I may not understand it right now but he's going to get me out as long as I lean on to him um everything's going to be okay and suddenly it's like I let the walls down and God's able to let his Holy Spirit in and I feel courageous like everything's okay um It never used to be so. I used to get mad and I would stay mad for a really long time. And when you get angry like that, you build walls around your heart and it doesn't allow the Holy Spirit to come through you for God to guide you where you're supposed to go. So you operate from a mindset of fear and insecurity, which is not correct. Um, And for a while there, my fear and insecurity was, what if I make the wrong choice? A lot of us might think this, well, what if I make the wrong choice? What if, you know, I'm, I was supposed to do this instead of do that. And I realized this whole time, my whole life, everything I've done, God already knew I was going to do. Mistakes and all. God already knew I was going to do it. And as long as we are leaning on God and praying without ceasing, you guys. Here's another thing. As long as we're continually talking to God. Like yesterday I was talking the righteous. The righteous are the ones who are continually trying to ask God for guidance. As long as you're continually asking him for guidance, you can't go wrong. God, we go through struggles because it helps build us. So know, and even when you might second guess yourself, just know that God's always got you. So be of good courage and he shall strengthen your heart. And when you feed the heart, you're feeding God. And that bond between you and God grows stronger, stronger every day. So beautiful, you guys. The more you feed your heart, the stronger your relationship with God becomes. Facts, 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 facts. But the more you feed that logical fear, when you start feeding that fear in your mind, you're feeding something that isn't God and it begins to get out of control and that's where anxiety and depression come from. 
So you guys, a recap. It's Sunday. Tomorrow is Palm Sunday. And guess what? The full moon falls on Palm Sunday. What is significance? God uses the full moon to make things happen. Um, I don't know what he's going to do in my life. He's been, I feel like the caterpillar this week that was in a cocoon. And I'm slowly starting to come out. Like, I'm coming out of this cocoon that I've been in for over a year. I just posted yesterday my very first video I did specifically for God's Daily Bread. Um, it's been a year. I feel like in that moment, God really placed me in a cocoon. Because I remember being under construction. I specifically knew I was. And now, a year later, I'm starting to come out of that cocoon. <laughs> oh, I'm laughing, you guys, because there was a time in 2019 when God first made his presence known to me, you guys, and he was speaking to me, and it blew my mind because I didn't believe in God. I was bawling. How are you real when I didn't believe in you? And he goes, everything's going to be okay. He goes, you're going to be on a journey for a year. I always wondered where this year was at. This year, where is this? And I get it now. It's been a year. And now I'm coming out of that cocoon. But I didn't realize that's what God was doing to me this whole time. You never know what God's truly doing to you until it's done and you move on to the next season and you start reflecting on your life and you go, oh, that's what you were doing, God. So we have to take the time to reflect on our life. It's so very important, you guys to take that time with God, to allow him to show you what he's done within you to grow you. And it feels beautiful to have that, to look back on your life and go, I've changed for the better. It really motivates you. So you guys, the full moon, Palm Sunday, we talked about abortion numbers. I said I'd talk about it, we talked about it. It's getting better. We need to spread the knowledge. We shouldn't be allowed to take a life just because it's inconvenient. If it's inconvenient, then you shouldn't be sleeping around. Straightforward. But the thing is, you can't stop people from sleeping around. What you can do is make it illegal to murder a life. Our government needs to stop enabling people murdering you're enabling you're making it okay so when these 16 year old boys who are scared of fatherhood because their 14 year old girlfriend had a baby when they're out there putting bullets in a newborn's head that comes from a broken system broken parenting being raised in a way to believe that that's okay they thought that that was okay somewhere in their mind they justified that act. And they're still children. I, I don't believe God was truly in that home. I know it. Because God is in my home. And the last thing on my 14-year-old daughter's mind, because my daughter's 14, you guys. So when I hear this story of this 14-year-old girl having a baby, you know, my daughter's 14. She, kissing boys isn't even on her radar. 
She's buying anime stuff. She's building her room. She's got all of her friends. You know, all that stuff will come. But the thing is, is I've laid it out. If you're going to have those things, you're going to have them in the right way. If you're going to have a boyfriend, he needs to come over and have dinner with your mother. <laughs> he needs to survive dinner if he survives. I want to know his parents. I want my daughter to do it the right way. I'm showing her the right way. It's so important to be that as a parent. So I know that what I'm reflecting to my daughter and the way that she's watching me be a woman is helping shape her to love and respect herself as a woman. She isn't out there doing those things. She isn't out there feeling the need to sneak behind my back, out there having sex. A 14-year-old girl having sex, not just having sex, she had a baby. That's my daughter. I can't imagine. Palm Sunday, you guys. Jesus knew a week before his death. And he walked and carried that cross with love for us. It's such a beautiful thing because I'm able to have this relationship with God now. And I've never experienced such love in my life. It changed me. And the verse, be create, be create, be of good courage and he shall strengthen your heart. All who hope in the Lord. Even in the hard times, you guys, the hard times scope us. They shape us. They're meant for good to build us. If we find God's blessing in it and just know that everything's meant to be and just keep moving forward. God will, God will give us, if we ask him, he'll give us the reason when we're ready for it. And he will show us the importance of it in our life. But sometimes God wants us just to have faith in him. I know that. God just wants to, me to trust him. He said it so many times. Just trust me, Christine. Just trust me on this. Oh, okay, God, I'm going to trust you. I don't know how many times. If I'd be so rich if I had money for every time God said, just trust me. So I love you guys. Thank you for stopping by. Julia, I haven't seen you in a bit. Thank you for stopping by. I hope this has been a beautiful year for you. Um, springtime is a new beginnings. Springtime is a beautiful thing for all of us. It's a new way to cultivate our soul. Fill it with loving things. Um, Vinay, um, You've been posting, I saw a picture yesterday and it was beautiful. It was the sun sitting right on the edge of the ocean. It was a picture of a cave. That was so beautiful. I love looking at sunrises and sunsets. Um, so thank you. I like seeing your posts. Thank you for stopping by. And I hope you have a, a happy Saturday evening. And I hope you get to enjoy the full moon. Uh, YouTube, thank you guys for watching. Um, Patreon, thank you for watching. And all my YouTubers, YouTubers, pff, podcasters, thank you for watching. God say hi to everybody. I love you guys. God loves you guys. I had a beautiful phone call last night, you guys. It must have been about 11 o'clock midnight. It was so late. I never answered the phone that late. And I won't specify who it was. But um, what a beautiful conversation. Um, and we were discussing hopes and dreams. Uh, it was a fa family member and we were talking about, you know, is there somebody out there for us? Um, 
you know, no matter how old you get. Well, I'm going to tell you this, this, you guys. I know a man, 78. His name is Norm. I've talked about him a lot. He's 78 years old. He just met a woman. God brought them together. Not just. They've known each other for years. And they're getting married. They love each other. He's 78. And I'm so happy for him to have somebody. That gave me so much hope. So I told this person, God has somebody for everybody. He does. We're not meant to be alone. When God starts preparing you for things and your life starts to change, he's preparing you for something. We're not meant to be alone. We're meant to have a significant other in our life to blend with, to grow with. We go farther when we're when we're with another person in the name of God, we're able to do more. It's a beautiful thing. We're not meant to be alone. God does not want any of us to be alone. And I know this. I know this. God would never want me to be alone. God doesn't want this person to be alone. I told him that. No, there is somebody. There's somebody for all of us, you guys. I don't know if anybody who's listening have has ever if that's ever crossed your mind, but just know God doesn't want us to be alone. And as long as you open your heart up for change, he will prepare you to bring that other person into your life. It's such a beautiful thing. So I love you guys. Happy Saturday. I'm going to say Sunday. And God bless.